0: Content warning, this series will discuss topics that may bring up painful experiences for you. Please take the time to surround yourself with good medicines. If need be, pause the playback and go for a walk, stretch, have a glass of water, and come back to the show when you feel comfortable. Welcome to the Métis Speaker Series presented by TELUS. I'm your host, Darian Kovacs. On this podcast series, we will be exploring learning, healing, and rebuilding within the Métis community. Our goal is to create awareness of and generate discussion about Métis issues, as well as how to heal from and move forward in a healthy way. We hope to reduce Métis invisibility in BC through the personal stories from our Métis community members. This show is brought to you by Métis Nation BC, TELUS, and Jelly Marketing. Pixie, thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I just want to acknowledge today that I I'm coming to you from the traditional and unceded territory, the Sumat, the, Math, the great people, and also the 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 lodging home of the Fraser Valley Métis Association. And just a little bit of history as to why we give land acknowledgement to the stewardships of this land is because they took care of it for millennials of time for us to to actually lodge here. So I'm honored and humbled to be on this traditional territory. And the traditional territory name is actually Secuichal, however
0: colonial known as Abbotsford, BC. So thank you for having me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Okay, help me understand this. Land acknowledgements... For virtual events should they still happen from my opinion i believe if they are done with
1: sincerity and with respect it's not ticking a box to me i think if you're going to stand up and just say hey i'm doing this because i was told to then i would prefer that you chose not to because you're not doing it in a good way i do land acknowledgement because they are our family they are our kin and we we
0: need to acknowledge those voices and we need them to know that we acknowledge them. It's amazing. I love that uh, someone's going to be listening to this, whether they're walking, you know, in a lake in Ontario, or they're, you know, going through the snow in northern BC, or heading to a, you know, a, kind of a friend's barbecue in Spruce Grove, Alberta. Whatever you are, you know, or maybe Victoria, BC. It's cool to know that um, you know where. Pixie is coming from here today.
1: And one of the other things, Darren, I'd just like to say is just on behalf of the the Halkomelem speaking people, I would like to acknowledge their language as well. And I'd just like to say, Ace, well, a lot Pixie Wells. And I'm also going to say this in Michif, Kanse, the Shinnekashun, Pixie Wells. So thank you for acknowledging the languages. It's amazing. I live on, but also try to speak
0: myself. That's great. That's really awesome. Thank you. You play a really cool role with the Fraser Valley Métis Association. Tell us about that and and what that means to you.
1: Well, I play a... I I wouldn't say just me. I I have a board and I have a... Good group of individuals surrounding me and that support me. The role that I do play is the acting president right now of the Fraser Valley Métis Association, which is my heart work. And I'm honoured to sit in this role and I'm honoured to see our community move forward in so many ways. We made a lot of big changes this year. Not changes, but we made a lot of big steps and bold steps, hoping that that's going to change our community But our children's and families lives for the future and hopefully setting those seeds Mm -hmm. for those things to grow for millennials of time, whether I am sitting
0: in this chair as the acting president of this community or just acting as a community member. It's amazing. And, And maybe kind of fills in other community boards that you're involved with.
1: Oh, um, (laughs) that comes with a long list. But however, um, I'm again, honored and humbled to have the opportunity to be able to give heart work back to my communities. And something that's actually saved my life is my culture. So being able to give back that voice. So I sit on many boards. I sit on the board of uh, Abbotsford for Reaching the Homeless Project. I sit on the 2SLGBTQ plus Community Advisory Board for MMBC. I also have sat for a voice for uh, Lefemme Chifotapemzawak on the voice of the 2 slgbtqqia and the Murdered Missing Indigenous and Girls 2 LGBTQ National Action Plan. I also do some actual... Not consulting for them, but I do a show for them called Show Your Pride. So that allows two LGBTQIA plus people to come out and have a safe space to to just be themselves and, and, and talk about things and how do we move policies forwards and changing those things forward. I also sit on the Heritage House of Abbotsford committee, giving voice there and partnering there into how does the Fraser Valley Métis Association bring the Indigenous voice back to the forefront in a way that will give us opportunity, economical opportunity within the city of Abbotsford in a way that's viable for the Valley Muti Association without breaking bridges. We want
0: to build them. We don't want to break them. Yeah. Maybe tell me about
1: the, your role, the, the missing. Uh, well, I was contacted by uh, President Omeniho to sit and give voice uh, a few years back on the the Murdered Missing Indigenous Women and Girls to LGBTQIA+ plus Métis National Action Plan. So I worked on that for about a year. Very interesting. Lots of things came out of it. If you look at the National Action Plan, there's, there's many changes that need to be made. And there was policies that uh, we definitely know that need to be changed, as uh, we know that there's, especially with what's happening today, and we know In the light of today of what's going on in Winnipeg and understanding that, you know, our women are still going at an alarming rate and uh, we need to do something about that. And so that's that voice that I try to bring, but also the voice of the 2SLGBTQIA. Sometimes that people try to, and it's not miss or forget, it's just, it's not as publicized as women. And we know that there are a lot of them going missing. And we need to understand, too, that this isn't just about our women. This is about men, too. We have a lot of men that go missing that nobody speaks about. And I think we need to look at, yes, our women are at the forefront, but we also need to look at this from an Indigenous perspective in another form of colonial genocide. I, I believe in a way that um, society has been told or believed to be told that this is okay and it doesn't. Sometimes these people don't matter.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Right. So I think there's there's still a lot of work to do. However, we're doing it and we're, we're working on it. We're getting the voices out there. Not as fast as we'd like, but uh, changes are happening. So, again, we need to amplify all of Indigenous voices, First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We need to stand together in solidarity. And that was the one thing that I, I admired and honoured about going to see the vote. And being one of those people that actually got to be a delegate that got to go there was the fact that we had all three nations together for 10 days. And it was an incredible experience to all have a different story, but walking with the same message. And I think we need to do more
0: of that across our nation. Uh, take me there. Take me to that time. Give me like a, me a snapshot. Now, or you, know, you don't have to describe it. Like maybe like a highlight. Or visual
1: closing your eyes and honestly getting off in Rome and then getting to the hotel and knowing that all three nations were pretty much at that hotel and some of the highest chiefs in the land of the nation and some of you know our own President Cassie Quran, you know, and some of the powerful people from across our own nation there. The Inuit power people were there, and just to break bread and be able to to sit with those people, and you know, have sun ceremony and smudging and understanding that we're all brothers and sisters, and we we did that very well. And each nation had a they had their own story, but we came with a you know a really consolidated message that these are the things that you really needed to be looked at and focused, and supporting each other's in consolidating all of those and in collaboration and supporting each other in those messages as well was very important to me. I believe the most powerful part for me was, well, there was many, but for us as Métis was when we came out of there and all of the women, when we saw, all, you know, we had men there too, but it was very iconic that our nation was being led by the matriarchs and by people that have been forgotten in a sense is, you know and again i'm going to bring up the 2 slgbtqqia plus people who've sort of been eradicated because we were we were told in the time that we were not a peoples we were not a thing so even in indigenous culture has sort of stepped away from that identity and ceremony so actually i felt privileged to be a two-spirit voice there to be able to walk in my own walk and nobody nobody stopped me. I was allowed to be who I was. So that was very powerful and um, very accepting and humbling. And I'm so proud of our nation. I'm so proud that they sent people, not just residential school survivors, but people who also represent an identity that was lost through these engagements with the church. It's beautiful it was powerful. I'm, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. You mentioned earlier that getting connected to your Métis culture, metis saved your life. It's huge for you. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, this is where I'm, have the opportunity to give heart work back and, and be able to give back in a way that's meaningful to me. I suffered a workplace injury and, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever had to deal with WorkSafe BC, but it's not always the most pleasurable and it, it hasn't been the most pleasurable, but that's another episode altogether. Um, However, I was in a very dark place and I didn't know where I was going and I had a lot of time on my hands, as uh, people would say. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to start doing some soul searching and some just trying to find myself. Maybe that'll help. Maybe. So I just started doing some soul searching and going back into history and looking at my dad's documents and documentation. And and I found out, Hey, you know what? I, Hey, this is true, right? Hey, this is, this is the truth. I'm Métis. I'm going to apply for this. And I always was, I was always connected to indigenous culture, no matter what I, in a way of it always drew me to it. It always, enticed me I think it was my blood DNA calling me home I think in a way and when I found it and I found the Fraser Valley Métis Association in a place where I could show my indigeneity but also be Métis and European at the same time I felt like wow this is this is where I need to be this is my home and it took me out of a very dark place and I still to this day say that it saved my life and this is why I do what I do, Because I can never give back to my community or to my people or to my nation what my nation's given back to me. Wow. And that is identity, a place to belong, acceptance, and so much more.
0: Tell me about like the the pre knowing like officially you were Metis about like the calling, like when you heard fiddle music, like Great Big C, or you heard, you know, Mumford & Sons, what, do, you, do you remember those moments? I
1: was more, you know, to be honest, and I know this is probably going to shock a lot of Métis people, fiddle's not my favorite sound. Yeah, okay. yeah that's right. um, I, That's okay. I I, I I, like the violin. I find it very soft and soothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that the violin is very, it's very aggressive. For me, I find it's very aggressive. But now I do understand why I could never in music school get a four beat down. I It's in my DNA. I could never do it. My teacher, you always got an extra beat. You have an extra beat. Now I know why. It's it's DNA. But I, I've always been called to the drums for whatever reason. And I know people will say that Métis people don't play drums. And I just say that's my Cree ancestors calling me to say, come back and relive some of this because you can't take it forward if you don't learn it or don't know it. And if I could jig back in my day before my injury, if I was out somewhere, you wouldn't get me off the dance floor. So if I had that opportunity today, I would tell you, I'd be joining every jigging competition, probably across Canada, just because I had really good feet, right? I could slide across the floor, no problem. And I had no upper body movement. I had no idea what a jig was other than the fact that my feet moved in a very different way and people go, Oh yeah. (laughs) Right. So I think I would have been very good at it. That is awesome.
0: That's really cool. Tell me about charter communities for, for people who are Métis uh, and those who aren't Métis, who want to know what happens at a charter community. Should they go to one? Should they go to a meeting? What, what, what is the, the purpose of them?
1: Well, I think it's very important. And it was very important to me to get connected to the chartered community because the chartered community is where you get the culture, is where you get connected, because those are the people that are in your community. MMBC is your service provider, your person that goes to government or your, how I kind of look at it is like, if you belong to a union, they would be my union rep. And because they go to my union and they say, hey, they want this, this, and this, and this. And they come back and say, hey, we got this, this, and this. So looking at it from those perspectives. Now, my brothers and sisters that I work with are my community and my union. So that's sort of, if you're looking at it from a, they're the people that I work with every day and we know how much. So that connection to community is really important. So that's sort of how I see that and just sort of breaking it down into a try to simplify it a little bit for people. That's where you go to get that culture and connection. And where you'll find knowledge keepers, elders, people of like-mindedness who play fiddle, who play the spoons, who like to jig, who who want to teach people how to trap, who, you know. There's so many things that uh, within our culture that as urban Indigenous people, we don't get to do like the trapping parts of it and those things. So creating those opportunities within our communities, but also being able to find that opportunity to connect to land as well, I think is important. But that's where you're going to get that is at your community level. And I think everybody who is Métis, who applies for Métis Nation citizenship or not should connect to a chartered community community. If they feel their Métis or self-identify as Métis, connect to your chartered community because those are the people that is your community. Our nations need to come together. And in urban Indigenous centers, sometimes we don't have that opportunity to come together as just Métis people. But that doesn't stop me. I think you know, bringing all three
0: nations together is also important. It's awesome. Maybe give me some of the activities or events you've done that did well, or you really love doing, or the feedback was was quite positive.
1: Oh, we, we've done many. So, but um, we did one out at Edenville, one of our partners, they have 126 acres out there. And we had a sort of a picnic slash, we ran our youth camp out there. And there's like 10 acres of forest land you can go and walk through and travel through. So we did one of those. We have created, um, a Red River Cart chicken coop, which is producing eggs over in Mission, so that's creating some food so- sovereignty and 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 um, for our people over in Mission. We're in the some of the other activities that we've been involved with, in, like Louis Real Day. We've been involved in many of those. We have been involved in Indigenous Day here in Abbotsford, where we usually put out a table or get involved in um, the cult Indigenous Culture Day here in Abbotsford. We also uh, did a red dress day here last year in Abbotsford, right out in front of the old courthouse. So right on the main street, we hung red dresses. We plan on doing that again next year. So we do a lot of things. Uh, we have our Christmas. We just had our Christmas dinner, which, like I said, uh, we spoke earlier. We had the caterer make 480 plates up. We fed 480 plates. Powerful night. We played the spoons. We sang some music with our, our local. Uh, one of our local Mathaqui uh, singers came out, and uh, so we shared food and broke bread, and so it's, it's just so many things. One of the other things that we're in the process of doing, and very happily, is connecting with Heritage House and and remodeling some of the old places in Abbotsford, so that we can actually have a stamp and say that the Fraser Valley Métis Association is helping to restore the city's history in a way that also. Will allow us to utilize those properties as cultural hubs or ways to also share culture around the city of Abbotsford as we were nomadic people and moving around. So I'm thinking if I can't get a center, a big center, I'll create a ton of small ones. That is awesome. And in a sense, hopefully in a free version in a way that the only thing that it ends up costing us is materials or those things because we were involved in the process of remodeling. Those expenditures sort of come with the remodel and the MOU. So that's sort of where we're working towards. We're in the process right now of we just did South Poplar School, just finishing that one up and we're in the process of working with Heritage Society in Abbotsford to remodel the Turner house that is now sitting down in Old
0: Claiborne. It's amazing. It's really cool. Now, Métis, people that are listening to this right now and who may have maybe bought a sash at one point or have seen people with sashes or have heard about getting sashed, what does it mean to get sashed? And when and where would someone get sashed? And is that the right terminology even, getting sashed? Absolutely. I, I think terminology, I
1: think sometimes we get stuck on those things and we need to remind ourselves that language evolves, we evolve. So things will change. Um, and they may not have called that back in the day when Louis Real put one on. Um, it was probably more so, you know, for whatever other reasons. Right. Um, like, again, you know, our clothes were so utilitarian, like and I'm trying to figure out how do we go back to that and utilize these these clothing as utilitarian tools right? Because to me, that is sort of, it's not the true meaning of what a sash is to me, and I, I'll explain why, when it's gifted. I would never, I've never bought a sash. I've never bought a sash for some, i bought a sash for somebody else because it was for a gift, not because I was buying it f- um, for myself. Uh, all my sashes have been earned because I believe, and this is my own opinion only, that those are earned, and those are earned by community, by giving back to community. That's how you become part of community. That is that acceptance of, here, we've wrapped the sash around you. I, I kind of look at it in the same respect as First Nations blanketing their peoples. They blanket them and say, we've wrapped our arms around you. We're holding you. We're with you. Our community. Same thing. When we wrap our sash around our communities and our people who have done things for our communities, we are telling them that we are with them. We support them. We love them. Thank you. Here's our bear hug sash. Or here is that connection to us that says thank you for everything that you're doing. And we hold you up. Amazing. And that's what sashing means to me. Nobody gets
0: to buy one in our chartered community. They're gifted. Amazing. And what does that look like when you gift it to someone or when you you, you present it to someone?
1: Usually how we do that, like last night, um, I had the opportunity, very honored and humbled as the president of the Fraser Valley Métis Association. One of our chartered community members had reached out and her son was having a naming ceremony. He was getting a Helka Malum name, little five-year-old boy. So we went and we took a sash and All the Elkemelem and uh, other uh, nations were being wrapped in blankets. So we took our young boy and we wrapped him in the sash and wrapped him up in the sash. So that is sort of the same meaning in that sense of and being prideful that this is like this is a ceremony too, right? So we stand them up. We celebrate them. Now, if it was in community... We'd bring them up to the front at a a, a local gathering or, you know, maybe have a special luncheon for them and and honor them in a way that like for things that they've done or welcome them to our community. Now, back in my day, when I joined the Fraser Valley Métis Association, we had to come to three chartered community Mm -hmm. meetings or community gatherings before we could get a signature to even get our MMBC card. Mm. So at that time, it was supposed to be or suggested that we would be sashed at that time and and welcome us to the community. However, I think things changed in the delivery of that message. It wasn't unless you came out and you you gave above and beyond that they would sash you. Mm. Because sometimes getting connected to your community means you have to come out and give a little bit. It's not just coming out and saying, hey, I'm going to come out for a potluck and that's it. And see you
0: once a month. Because that's what makes a community. Yeah. Wow. So speaking to those out there in, in the community, maybe feeling disconnected, more lonely these days, what's your encouragement to them that are that are considering maybe kind of taking that risk and going out to their first chartered community experience?
1: I say dive in and go. Okay. I say, you know what? Métis people are so warm and welcoming. Mm. And, you know, most of the chartered community presidents that I have did, you know, I've spoken to all 38, 39 chartered community presidents at some time or another in some sort of engagement or app, or they're all warm, welcoming, wonderful people. And as I see our nation moving towards, and if you look at the percentage of, and this doesn't change the dynamics. And I don't, I don't want to say that, you know, because a female president is there versus a male president, there's something different, but I just think women have this that the women in our nation, the matriarchs in our nation have this way of I don't know it's like that, like that motherhoody thing that just has that way of bringing people forward more so than and not all in all cases, but I just find that motherhood and a lot of them are matriarchs of our nation that mm-hmm. that are running our that are running our nation and our youths and stuff. So I think it's important and I think it's important to have a voice. I think it's important to know what your nation is doing because our nation is growing leaps and bounds and there's so many services and there's so many things that chartered communities are doing like across our province. Like mm-hmm getting buildings, having MOUs with schools and things like that. And unless you're part of the chartered community or at least go out once in a while, you're not really going to know, you know, what your chartered community is doing for you or what your board members are doing for you to make sure that your child has a seed to grow with. Right. You know, we need those seeds and we need to plant those roots and a tree doesn't stand by
0: itself. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Pixie, what else would you want people to know? What do you want what do you want to share? The listeners right now.
1: What else would I share? I would just say that, you know, I think learning our language a little bit and being able to say a few words or mid language, I think it's really important that we push at those levels, at city levels and at school levels, that um, we have that voice and we make sure that we're sitting at as many, many tables as possible. But not just bringing our voice, because I'm a huge advocate for the fact that if I'm sitting at a table, I'm not a tick of the box that says, I've dealt with Indigenous people. I am that person that says, I am of Métis voice, but where is the Inuit or the First Nations? Because I don't speak for them, and nor will I. However... I will amplify their voice at the table and I will make sure that it's there and I also amplify for the people's voices that aren't at most tables like the 2 T Q Q I A plus people or people who suffer that don't have a voice, like people with disabilities or ability issues um, that aren't always called to the table or their families who are looking after a child has ability issues, nobody is saying to that family, hey, please come to the table and give that voice. Please come to the table and say, how do we help you? Mm-hmm. How can we help your Métis child? And those are the things that I'm advocating for is to make sure that every voice across our nation, across our province is amplified in the way that it needs to be
0: amplified. See, that's awesome. Such a, such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful to be here and just have a casual conversation. It's wonderful. And then people are listening in wherever they are. Well, it's been a pleasure to be with you. And it's always a pleasure to see you as well. Thank you, Pixie. Uh, Thank you for joining us this week on Métis Speaker Series. And we'll see you next time on the show. We'll see you. Merci. Hi, hi. All my relations. This has been the Métis Speaker Series podcast presented by TELUS and I'm Darian Kovacs. Thanks to Métis Nation BC and TELUS for making this possible, with funding provided by the Civil Forfeiture Office's Indigenous Healing Stream. You can listen to all of our episodes, learn more about the podcast, and sign up to the Métis Nation of BC newsletter to stay up to date on Métis news at metispodcastseries.ca. You can find out more about the music we're playing by Love Life by visiting SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash love life official l u v l y f official and link in the show notes for your convenience follow us on apple podcast spotify or your favorite podcast listening device see you again soon mina koapa mitten thank you Marcy, for listening